fine balance between, you know, the female civilians. They have to have a good balance between bitch and, <laughs> and <I said> assertiveness. <laughs> yes. Hey there, my name's Ashley Church. And I'm Erin West. We were once newly promoted crime scene and latent print supervisors on mutual struggle buses as we both simultaneously tried to navigate through the challenges within our forensic units. Now we run a business where we create tools and resources that we wish we had had to make these transitions easier. We like to talk about the experiences we've had in the forensic field, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the hopes to create awareness around these issues and move the needle forward to create positive change in the forensic community. So if you're a forensic professional, regardless of your years of experience, who's not afraid to dive into real, raw, and sometimes uncomfortable topics, you're in the right place. This is the Forensics Unfiltered Podcast. Last week, we were digging in the bottom of a lake. That's right. For several days. And um, they also had a bunch of students out there. And I was like, well, I was like, this is either going to make or break it. Because these students are going to be like, this is awesome. I love this shit. We're going to be like, this sucks. I'm changing my major. (laughs) Or they can go the lab route. I mean, if you don't have the field work, you can still go in the lab. But yeah. In the hot summer heat. Yes. Nothing like digging at the bottom of the lake with all those creatures and those the mud sure. love it so we've been in the field gosh years and years so some people may have had different experiences than us depending on where they work you know how long they've been in the field maybe they've seen some change some things change for the good and maybe they've seen some change things change for the worse So we're just going to give you our accounts of what we've experienced uh, as a female civilian. And for those of you that don't know, like the term civilian and sworn, the sworn are the people that go to the police academy, they get sworn in, those, you know, those are the officers that usually carry guns. If you are a civilian, you're not going to the police academy, you're usually coming straight from college into the job market, and um, you're not wearing like weapons on you a lot of some people would get like pepper spray but most agencies won't even give you that so that's what we mean by sworn versus civilian yes and both ashley and i have been civilian employees throughout the course of our career i have never been sworn will never be sworn should never be sworn I'm definitely one of those people that knows that that's not my jam and more power to all the police officer I'm married to a police officer and the stuff that you know they do I have no interest in doing and you know I'm I'm a total wuss where all of any like like that comes into play so very thankful that there's other people out there willing to do that that's not my but not my gym either but at least you have like his perspective too so when you're talking about these things with him you can hear a sworn perspective which sometimes we kind of forget yeah he'll legitimately walk right into a fight like if we're out somewhere and he sees like things starting to get rowdy whereas i'm like we should go get out of here what's going on i'm like oh my god just leave him alone you know But not my personality. But Ashley and I were talking about this topic earlier today, like what the most significant uh, issues we've had being female in forensics. And 
honestly, I think Ashley would agree with this, but the environments that I've worked in since I've started have been primarily female. The vast majority of forensic professionals that I work with, they're all female. Like our unit is entirely female right now. We have no men at all. And most of the local agencies are almost entirely female as well. So that is very common in the world that I've worked in is just having everybody be a woman. Now, the the challenges that come with that is being a, you know, an all-female unit or a mostly female unit in a mostly male office space. You know, everybody that you're working with is primarily male. There's significantly fewer female officers than there are male officers. And so there is a certain dynamic that comes with having a whole group of female civilians working with an entire group of male sworn officers. But when we were talking about it earlier, the most significant thing I've personally experienced related to being female isn't necessarily like a sexist thing, like a male or female thing. It is literally just the ability to earn the respect of the sworn professionals that I work with. That's been the most difficult, challenging thing. And it's something that we repeatedly have to deal with every time I switch agencies, every time I switch jobs, I have to spend all this time building these relationships again, where the male sworn counterparts, or even some of the female sworn counterparts will respect me and my knowledge and my skills as a civilian and as a, as a female, you know, so that's been my most challenging thing. As a female civilian, it's hard to gain that respect. I feel like it takes longer than it would for a male. And I think because of that, and we're not like meaning this to be mean or calling anyone out, but I do feel like people that have been in the field for a lot longer than we have, I feel like the way that female civilians adapted due to the lack of respect or taking a long time to gain that respect is they turn into like a bitch. Yeah, like, like full bitch mode. Like that. that's how a lot of uh, the old timer females like made it through their, yeah. their period of time with when it was all male sworn. They're just like super bitches. And we were talking about this today earlier that there's like a fine balance between, you know, the female civilians, they have to have a good balance between bitch and, <laughs> and I said assertiveness. <laughs> Yes, there has to be a fine balance between because you can't be just a raving bitch all the time. No. But you do have Sometimes to. Sometimes you have to. to yeah. Like, you know, Sometimes get what you tired. need. <laughs> yeah. So and that's unfortunate. Like, I don't feel like men have to have that struggle where they have to be such a dick just to get, you know, things for their unit or get things approved or for someone just to listen to them. You know, I don't feel like they have to go into full dick mode, whereas females, sometimes you feel like that's your only option. Yeah, you definitely have to, uh, you have to find the fine balance there for sure. And that's, that's something that takes some mastery, whereas, you know, I mean, we've definitely worked with and worked for women that have been in law enforcement for years, 20, 30 years, and they're just like, by the end of their career, it's just like the full kind of full, full, full bitch. No one wants to be around them. All the time. So definitely a fine balance for sure. But I think we talked about this in one of the other weeks, like the difference between civilian and sworn. And we have an example at the agency that I work at right now. Well, our digital forensics unit, it is a sworn unit. 
And there's a female in there now who was in our forensic department and she was fabulous. Like just a fabulous CSI. And she started as civilian. So like just clarify, she started as civilian in the forensic unit. Yeah, came in as a civilian. She was fabulous and she could not move into the digital forensic unit because she wasn't sworn. And so she went to the police academy, she went out on the road, she did two years time, and now she's in the digital forensic unit. And she's also fabulous in that unit. And they love her. It's hard for her not to be fabulous anywhere she goes, because she's that type of person. But it's unfortunate that it's just like, just because you didn't go through that six month police academy, you're not smart enough to do digital forensics, which is complete bullshit. This, this individual was hella smart still is hella smart you know what i mean so i'm not trying to make this a battle between sworn and civilian but it is very frustrating in the forensic realm where it's like you know you don't have to be sworn to do this thing because lately they've been like oh we're short in that unit we need more people in that unit i was like have you ever considered civilians like just consider the civilians because this (laughs) this particular person that they have she would have done the same exact job as a civilian that she's done as a sworn, you know, and she, I mean, obviously she's female and she had to, she had to fight that battle. And now they respect her and they think that she's amazing. She yeah. literally had done the same job years ago. So exactly. Like that's something that you go to school for and you get a master in and like, that's what she did. She, she has a master's in digital forensics and it's like, I don't, understands the mentality like oh you have to be on the road and like get to know what that feels like to do digital digital forensics and i i just i don't agree (laughs) yeah she's she's wonderful but that's been the primary thing for me is just not necessarily a lot of struggles because i was female like really just just earning the respect yeah i got a lot of undermining to be honest like when i especially when i stepped into I honestly, even just as a forensic technician, like I would voice things on scene. Like I know we need to do X, Y, and Z, but because I wasn't sworn, no one would listen. And sometimes that also happened when I stepped into the supervisor role where, you know, I'm trying to make calls that as a forensic supervisor, I should be able to make a call whether or not, you know, I need to position one of my people at this scene versus this scene or how many people I need at this scene. And there was in particular units or particular individuals I was working with, there was a lot of undermining where they wouldn't listen or they would go behind my back and like go up the chain and kind of like force my hand to do what they wanted me to do. Yeah, there's definitely some of that. And I mean, for me, I do feel like a lot of that is civilian and sworn not necessarily because we're female you know I really feel like I truly feel like my career I haven't had a lot of issues with my career that are related to me being like I do think that the respect thing is is something that comes part of it but everything I've earned I've never felt like I was you know, held back or that I didn't get something equivalent to the people that were doing my same job or or anything like that as I was a woman, you know, I feel like our field is becoming predominantly female. (laughs) So I mean, there are definitely still units out there that have a lot of men in them, but I've never worked in one. I mean, every unit I've ever worked in has been almost entirely female or fully female. So I do think because of that, 
like you and I haven't dealt with some of the other struggles that I think other female civilians do. Like I, I have heard from like female civilians that work, like they have like a mixed unit. So they were a female civilian and their counterparts were male sworn. Um, CSIs. That's probably and very difficult. <laughs> very difficult dynamic. And the, the women things that men just kind of like count off like, oh, she must be on the time of the month or like, you know, stuff like that. Or they get discounted a lot more, I think, than you and I did because we worked with a vast majority of females. So we were all going through like things and we, we weren't as judgmental because, you know. Everyone understood. Yeah. <laughs> Versus what I've heard from other people, like they do have more struggles in that kind of climate than maybe you and I did because we worked in predominantly female units. Yeah, that's probably very true. I mean, really, like we we talked about a couple weeks ago about like being pregnant in a CSI. I mean, like for me, it wouldn't it wouldn't impact me at all to have somebody say that they were having a bad period or having pregnant or breastfeeding or like any of that stuff would just be like, okay, whatever, you know, which yeah. I'm sure if you have a mixed unit, stuff like that might be more. They complain a lot more about it. I think like, especially yeah. like, obviously you can go back and watch the being pregnant as a CSI, but I think if you were in a predominantly male unit and you were like trying to pump, they would see that as a nuisance a lot more than like if you worked with a bunch of females because everyone kind of understands a little bit better. Yeah, agreed. So one of the other things that someone brought up is just like they felt like they weren't being listened to, which kind of goes along the lines of undermining, but it's a little bit different where they would voice an opinion or say like, hey, can we try this new thing? And it would get shot down. But if a male counterpart said that, then it's like, oh yeah, that's such a great idea. And they're kind of looking at them like, I, I just voiced this and you, you said it was not a good idea, so. That's super frustrating. And like, really, that comes down to your leadership, you know, that comes down to like, sucky leadership, unfortunately your leadership makes all the difference, you know, like right now, my leadership, I'm the only female, all of the people at my equivalent level are male and sworn. And my supervisor, who is also he's also sworn. And I do feel like he always listens to, you know, whatever I bring up. And, and really, like, it comes down to your leadership, you know, and you exactly, have- I was just about to yeah. say, like it all comes down to your leadership like if you have someone that's actually open-minded and willing to work with you no matter if you're male or female versus um i know we've also talked about kind of the old school mentality and there is some people that still work in this field that have the old school mentality that like this isn't a job for women yeah that's totally still out there that's totally still a thing so especially some of the you know old-timer law enforcement they are very strongly opinionated about having women in law enforcement anywhere. Some of them are. So that's definitely still a thing that's out there for sure. Yeah. And if those people are in your leadership, yes, it's going to be an uphill battle for you yeah. <laughs> until yeah. they're gone. Have to wait for them to retire. Literally. Yeah. Cause I don't feel like the people that are coming in really, I don't get that vibe as much. They're much more open. I think a lot of a lot of women, honestly, are are going to the police academy more. I could be wrong, but it seems that way. 
Yeah. Um, so they're probably encountering them in their police academies more and, you know, they can see that, yeah, a woman can do this too. And then kind of give them that little bit of respect better. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Would not let a female do test fires. We just had, I mean, I told you guys we have an entirely female unit and I had to call our range and say, Hey, you know, we're going to start doing test fires. And the guys at the range were like, we'll do them for you. You know, we're not going to have the girls do them. Like they can bring the guns and we'll test fire them. And I was like, no, <laughs> like we have so many that we have to do. Like, we can't wait for you guys to be available. I was like, the girls are going to be trained and the girls are going to do it. You know, I mean, there's been, like we talked about earlier in there, there's been plenty of times and I have no doubt that there's people at the agency that I work with now that think I'm a total bitch. You know, there are times when, you know, that has to come out and that, that authority has to be asserted but it's it's taken a long long road for me to to be able to balance those um where everybody doesn't think you're a bitch all the time guess who ended up doing the test fire as a female yeah <laughs> the women can do it too it's totally yeah. fine we're totally capable so oh, i just don't understand that at all it's an, it's an old school thing. Well, I think you battled it too when you started and they wanted to clear all your guns. They didn't want the women to clear the guns. At okay, we're all women. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, get out of here. Like, let me clear my own damn gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're actually trained to do this. And some of the young officers who have are, no clue. Yeah. They've never even seen these kinds of guns. Yeah. yeah that was definitely a struggle that I've witnessed i mean it wasn't an issue for very long because i was like you're not touching my gun so yeah. get out of here um <laughs> yeah. i know a lot of people that have voiced the same struggle where i don't know if it, they're trying to be like you know chivalry is a dead type of thing but i don't need to clear my gun for me thanks yeah. you're probably gonna do it wrong anyway thanks <laughs> get their dna all over it <laughs> oh my gosh yeah or, I mean, just not clearing it properly at all. Yeah. I also think, like, because I don't want to make it a battle between sexes, but I also think there are struggles when you work with all females. Oh, yeah. All females have their own, <laughs> their own challenges, for sure. I think men, I mean, they say that, like, women are gossips, but I actually think that men are pretty gossipy themselves, but men get over shit, like, yes. let things go and move on. I think when you have a whole group of women, you can have a lot of, actually, I think, like, having a man or two in your unit actually breaks up some of that. Drama. All, yes. All yeah, me too. Like, I could definitely feel a difference when it's, like, like, basically all female and then you have like a couple guys trickle in and you're like oh thank god <laughs> you yeah know? yeah it does break it up a little bit so yeah i have heard of guys that have like you said their fair share of drama and yeah. um but like you said i think they kind of get over stuff or people don't hold it against them as bad like i feel like female to female like we're much more judgy of each other than we are of a man i i'm I'm just, that's just from personal experience, but I feel like a guy, like a guy counterpart can do something that's kind of shitty and a female can, counterpart can do kind of the same thing and you'd probably let it slide for the guy, but not for the female. 
I was reading this comment that came in. I have three while working as a CSA. I got a lot of grief with my first agency, but a lot of respect at my second. Most of the grief I got was from fellow female CSIs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of drama and like, it's not to say that groups of men don't have drama. They definitely do. But I feel like a lot of the drama that pops up with all female teams is like really, really petty stuff. Like, Gosh, yeah. like people, well, I think people pick on little things and you didn't not- invite me to lunch today. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the key is there's, there's something like deep down underneath all of that stuff. Like, of course on something really petty so I feel like when you're in a, an all-female unit you get a lot of you know complaints about little little tiny things like whatever little bits of drama here and there but there's some underlying core issue that they're not expressing to you that's that's really a problem but that's pretty common I feel like in in female units so now you're gonna get a therapy lesson today did you yeah right <laughs> that is called projection <laughs> Yeah. And projecting like it has nothing to do with this little thing that they're picking apart it's like yeah. something else that they're insecure about or have an issue with and they're just like yeah. like we have pushing those feelings out onto this one thing yeah we have another unit in in our agency that's all female and like some of the women started complaining that one of the women was too loud of a typer you know <laughs> and like you got to do something about her keyboard. Her typing's too loud. She's too distracting. You know, like at the end of the day, if they really loved that person, they wouldn't give a shit how loud she typed. <laughs> so the truth is, is there's an underlying problem and they're finding like little, little things to nitpick. That's super common with a group of, uh, a group of ladies. <laughs> if you happen to be a supervisor and people are coming to you with a little bullshit like that, then you know, you know, there's something deeper that's going yeah. on. So. But you get to be the honorary shit finder. Or not shit finder, but like you have to sift through the shit. Yep. To find <sighs> and figure yeah. out what the actual issue is because it's not the fact that she's typing on her keyboard. No. Keyboard loud. Nope, it's not that at all. So I think someone brought up a really good point. So they feel like their main issue is between like swearing versus civilian, especially the detectives, and constantly have to validate your opinions. And I would agree. I feel like I was always having to be like, this is what I want to do. And this is why instead of them just trusting me that I know what I'm doing, you know, went to over a 1000 hours of training, have six years of education, like, please just trust that I know what I'm doing. So I do feel like yes, that is a struggle. I think also, and we've talked about this too, where like you have to build a rapport before someone can just trust you. Like sometimes that's just not automatic. They have to see how you work over time and then trust you. But the caveat to that is when you work at an agency where the detective positions are a revolving door. So you're constantly having to build rapport with a new person every few months. Yeah. And I do feel like, I mean, you guys probably have this at your agencies too. The CSI start to get a reputation and the detectives know, even if they're new, they know who they can lean on and who, you know, they can feel confident with and who they can get results with. And they know who they feel a little uncomfortable with, you know? And so. That's like, you talk about detectives like, Ooh, yeah this one or this one's really good they talk about csis like that too yeah 
percent, a hundred percent. So your your detectives a hundred percent know that if so and so CSI gets my case, they're going to kick ass with it, and if so and so CSI gets my case, it's going to suck. They they know that. They would actually like come into our unit and go directly to the person and be like, here's my evidence. Can you process it for me? Because they didn't trust a lot of the other CSIs, which is sad. It's yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully you're not one of those. I trust that you're not. That's on us to build that rapport, like Ashley said, and that's on us to, to build their confidence with our skill set. So like she said, I think sometimes people come in and they demand that respect right out of the gate. And that respect has to be earned. Like they have to know that they can trust you and you, you have the abilities to, to add to their case, you know, but I agree with what she said. I personally think in my career, I've experienced more civilian versus sworn issues than I ever have. Like a sexist issue. Yeah. Like male versus female for sure. It's, it is typically civilian versus sworn. Yeah, that can be so hard, just like constantly having to validate yourself. I remember being a homicide once, and this detective that had not been a detective that long, at least not in that unit, we were working a homicide scene. They were complaining because we were taking too long to go to where the suspect was in the interview room because we were processing the scene. So I finally get to the interview room. I'm going to like collect his clothing and get his DNA standards and everything like that. And I, I walked in the room and it smells like bleach. And I flat out asked the guy that this guy had been in there for hours with the detectives hours they had never once asked like what's this bleach smell so I I just asked him I was like did you did you wash the blood off of your hands he's like yeah I was like where did you wash your blood off your hands oh the upstairs sink oh what did you use to wash it with oh you know this cleaner which is also under the sink I was like, okay, great and they were like wrapping up the search warrant for the house and I was like go back to the house you know, let's tamper with evidence. Let's LCB the sink. And they're like, we have enough evidence. I was like, what? <laughs> I lost my shit. And I don't know. Like, I think it's more because I was civilian and not sworn, where I just didn't have that authority to be like, we're going back. And yeah. I don't think it was like a male versus female thing. But damn, I was pissed. I was so pissed. And no, we didn't go back and you know, yeah. finish up that scene. I was so mad. I mean, we haven't, all the, all the places I've worked, we have been a supplementary unit to the, the sworn detectives that are assigned it. So I've never worked for, I mean, I, I worked for the FBI lab, but there's agencies that are literally independent forensic agencies and you, I like that idea, yeah, essentially contract them out. So you call them out and they come out and you have no authority over what they do whatsoever. So if you work at an agency like that, you can make all the calls and be like, you know what, I don't work for you. So I'm going to do you called me out and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Now, most of us don't work for those agencies. Most of us work for an agency that's tied into law enforcement. And the lead detective is the primary person on the case is their investigation. And we are supplementary services, we supplement their investigation. So at the end of the day, you know, we can argue some things. And if you've earned that respect with them, they'll listen to you, you know, and be like, why are we doing these things? Like, is this necessary? Maybe we should do these things, whatever. But at the end of the day, if the detective tells us that he wants that thing done, we're, we got to do it. You know, we're going to have to do it. That's, 
that's his case. And we're just an add on uh, service that he has called in to add to his investigation, just like the analysts, just like evidence techs or, or anybody else that he's calling in or she, he or she is calling in to assist. So, I mean, this is like a different taboo topic, but like when you think about the state lab and the detective calling like the DNA lab and being like, I need you to do this this way. They'll just laugh at him and be like, yeah, okay, no, like we're going to do it the way our procedures are and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You really um, can call them directly. Like, no. Yeah. So, Versus yeah. like how a sheriff's office or a police department is like tiered. You don't really have that type of say, unfortunately. I mean, that's pretty much like wraps it up in a nutshell most of the struggles that you can have like as a female civilian like you said just kind of boils down to the lack of respect and i think some females don't know how else to gain respect other than to be the hard ass yeah and i think as some of you guys already mentioned like you can find an agency that will love you just the way you are <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I hate that they're like, oh, you know, you need to be loyal to this agency. No, you don't. Like, it's okay for people to move on or found, find a better fit. So if that agency is not for you, go find someone that will love you the way you are. Someone will love you the way you are. You, you just can't be scared to go. On the flip side of that, I'm sure Ashley covered this last week, but the grass is not always greener either. So I think every agency has their damn issues. They can seem like the greatest thing on the outside and then you get in there and you're like oh yeah there's not a single agency on the planet that doesn't have their struggles i've worked at a whole bunch of different agencies at this point and every place has its great things and its things that suck and that's just that's just the way that it is so if you're searching to find that like perfect perfect place like it doesn't matter. You'll go somewhere new and after a year, they'll annoy you too. That's just kind of the way that it goes. But you can, you can absolutely find, you know, a team that you love to work with, people you love to work with, leaders you love to work with, if you're willing to, to actually search that out, you know, and you're not scared to, to look around to find a place that's a really good fit for you and what you want for your career. And, and over the course of your career, that can change, you know, what, yeah. What's good for you now is not going to be the same thing that's good for you 10 years from now. So it's like, it's like car insurance, you know, we got to change our car insurance every couple of years. <laughs> totally okay. Totally okay. You don't have to be loyal to one company. You got to shop around for a better deal. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and listening to Forensics Unfiltered. If you liked this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review letting us know specifically what you liked about this topic? It will only take a minute, but it will really help us plan future episodes so we can bring you more topics that you want to listen to. We'll be sure to provide any links from today's episode in our show notes on our website. Head to www.gapscience.com. Until next time, stay safe out there.